Are you excited Perfect. for the podcast? Yes. Well, this episode is brought to you by Squarespace, oh, the good. all-in-one platform that makes it fast and, Chris? Uh, is it easy? And it's absolutely easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code THUMBS at checkout. Hey, Jay. That's just thumbs, not thumbs at checkout. Th- in correct. Case were- <laughs> correct. Thumbs, thumbs at thumbs checkout, checkout is all not one supported, word. <laughs> supported code, I think. It is not. It's, it's a thumbs. retail sitcom. Bring back Melt Wizard. The people demand it. Let's do this. August 27th, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 173. I'm Chris Remo. I am Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Hey, guys. Oh, hey, hey, Jake. Jake. Taking a break from our hard work of video game development to bring you this podcast. Bring you this video it's a day game. cast. We're taking, we're taking a break from our uh, video game development to bring you this video games journalism content. <laughs> <laughs> Official video game journalist Danielle is uh, on a trip. I think he's... She's in like well, Tahoe, I believe, or somewhere like that. She's, she's in the she's in the forest. We thought we would keep things. her separate from this episode, though. Yeah. We thought we'd Did we use, really? We thought we'd <laughs> no. Put, we'd, well, we, no. We, we put the brakes on the conspiracy for a second. <laughs> yeah. Cool down that conspiracy. So it's been a fun week on the internet. Yeah. Holy shit. Are you talking about the earthquake? <laughs> that earthquake. <laughs> Fuck that earthquake, man. I was. I think I actually said that. I was standing like in my underpants in the middle of my bedroom at three thirty in the morning, being like, "Fuck you, earthquake!" I think I actually said that. You're referring loud. to at earthquake though, the guy who was tweeting you about how you how social justice warriors are ruining gaming. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> standing in my underpants with my iPhone in the middle of your house, just collapsing around you, <laughs> just screaming like a just swinging your thumb, pressing so hard into the phone that the screen shatters. Just <laughs> fuck. <laughs> This pinned week. underneath a, a fucking bookshelf, just still one hand tweeting like the Terminator going into the magma. <laughs> <laughs> it's lava. It's actually smelted metal. Yeah. That, that earthquake was like cosmic punishment for social justice war, warring, warring. For social justice war, Napa, war, California warlords. is a social justice. It's a hotbed, hotbed of social justice. <laughs> <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, what are we talking about? What are we doing? Hard to say. I I did this. I'm the sorry. The good thing is, is when we'll, I eventually have game content to talk about of all of all all sorts. I need to Google one thing though while we're talking about the state of the internet to make sure that it's public is knowledge. It like what games we've been paid off to like get tens out of tens for this week. Yeah, I need to use the two step off. Oh, that's to get true. My actually, Dropbox we to... should start scoring our impressions. Uh, Do we actually want to be sarcastic about this shit or actually say? That things yeah, are just, shitty. Let's just talk about it. We got this out of the way. We got that out of the way. We got, yeah, we got all our sarcasm out of our fucking system. I guarantee. It. <laughs> well, yeah, we're good now. We got, we got we're clean. <laughs> it's just you know. Is it, do I? Yeah. You know what? what? Tim fucking Schaefer. Yes. What? 
I don't just know. For it? Well, I guess we should encapsulate the whole. I don't know. It just—it's been a really. I guess going from the Zoe Quinn's. Yeah, it's been thing a couple of weeks, really. Into like the oh. that gets wrapped up into the like, like the Arnita Sarkeesian, Anita Sarkeesian social debate of the which industry. Is like the, Anita has has dealt with this shit basically every few months for like what two years now. Well, since she decided to yeah. say anything, right? <laughs> like since she said, Ahem. yeah. Yeah, people took umbrage with her going, ah, um, and then it never stopped. Basically, just right now, it feels like there's a whole bunch of people who feel like, I guess, they have this impression that their, like, values or something are not being reflected in the video game industry, are just taking, like, any excuse possible to create the impression that there's some kind of, like, social justice conspiracy working to silence the voices of true gamers via like conspiracies and unethical behavior and censorship and like, and, 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 and every time I see any of this, which sometimes takes the form of like physical harassment, like showing up at people's houses, like showing up at Zoe Quinn's house and like legitimately scaring people. Like this shit has just taken any possible form. And the thing that is makes it impossible to actually have like, I, I got a bunch of, like, angry tweets over the last week. Obviously, nothing remotely on the scale of, like, what Zoe or Anita has to deal with, obviously. But, like, for a few days, I tried to respond to people, right? I'm like, I tried to actually have dialogue, and I'm like, all right, you actually think there's a problem. Like, sure, I'll respond to you. But you can't, because it's like, it's like dealing, it's like, but it feels like Buzz Aldrin dealing with the moon guy. Like the, the like he punched that moon guy in the fucking face. I know, but you start to feel like that because you're like you can't have a reasonable response because there's always eight more like anime avatar guys who like pop out or like. Right. But how about this? And they just. I change, wish it was. Like, just, but the Buzz, uh, the funny thing about the Buzz Aldrin thing, I, it's just like a, it's like that's it. You know, it's like, it's a it's true false. You know, it's not like this goddamn. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter though because the people who think that we didn't land on the moon. Like, it makes no difference whether it's true or false. Like, it doesn't stop the, like, belief or right. the claim. I, mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. The frustration um, is equal. Yeah. Sadly, not everyone is Buzz Aldrin, and not everyone has the opportunity to just punch the guy in the face who's doing this. Yeah, but Buzz Aldrin only punched the guy in the face because he was just just the latest of a litany of, like, a never-ending stream of this shit. He can punch the one guy. Doesn't stop this, the fucking stream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, there's there's a... So there's several threads going on, right? There's the stuff that's being directed at Anita, which has to do with, like, social justice warrior stuff, as people put it, which is that she is taking a feminist tack in criticism of, uh, like, portrayals of women in video games. There's that, there's that, like, whole thread. And then there's separately, but it kind of gets, it's been sort of wrapped up into the big just miasma that's been going on the past week of these allegations of journalistic breaches of ethics which have to do with what people perceive as um like a lack of boundaries between the press apparatus and video game developers to the point where the this like sort of coterie of video game journalists are essentially serving as de facto mouthpieces for this group of like anointed video game developers that is able to extract like high review scores and kind of Illuminati like influence 
over in like their place in a zeitgeist. Yeah, exactly. Right. And also, you described that entire situation far better than any person who actually believes that shit has done <laughs> on the internet. You used a couple like nice adjectives and nouns in there. Sure, I really liked. Uh, anointed it was very good oh thanks Sean. that was really well chosen word i was yeah. very impressed by that and the thing that is frustrating about trying to have a conversation with people about this is that it's so it's like it's high the argument is hydra like in its resilience like you it doesn't matter what you point out there's always some other example of like i found that someone knows someone like one of the things i keep taking shit for this week on twitter is the fact that i guess danielle was a guest on the podcast like a year ago, long before she was actually a register, uh, a regular, a registered, a registered member of, member of the- yeah, Vital Thumbs. <laughs> um, and she also reviewed Gone Home and gave it a 10 out of 10. The accusation being this was leveled in like flat language was that the like people it literally said how said, to secure yes, a 10 out of 10. The price colon. of a 10 of 10 review, right, is to invite a reviewer onto your podcast. If you think there would be so many fucking guest spots on this podcast, you yeah, wouldn't even know. Your so- head would spin. <laughs> If I don't think people realize how in like how people spend tens of not people on our scale, but like people major spend publishers ten, ten reviews spend, more quotas. <laughs> people spend tens of thousands of dollars to to um, conduct mock reviews to try and get a sense of how their game's going to be reviewed, and it's still frequently wrong. Like there is simply no way to predict, much less control the score that your game is going to get from any particular outlet or all of them or but any Chris, subset don't of you them. see how cons- like the conspiracy of actually just making something that spoke to this person unlike any other fucking <laughs> video game ever has like jesus it's so funny like it's the narrative praise, of like high praise for for that particular that's gem. true that's true <laughs> sorry also it's amazing that a story with a lesbian romance in the middle like appealed to somebody who's li- like like <laughs> spoke to that spoke to this person on a personal level it's fucking amazing yeah right with yeah um also (laughs) there's all and this specific example i feel like is instructive because it also indicates how like people grab onto anything like these accusations were made as though idle thumbs itself was a developer at this game i was a contracted composer like you were paid a flat rate to write music if you want a if you want a world in which in which the game press apparatus and the game development apparatus are so disconnected that being acquaintances with someone is to you such a breach of ethics that you are prepared to like read into a positive review, like these conspiratorial and fundamentally dishonest um, connections. Like, you want a world that can't exist. It betrays, I think, a lack of understanding of what criticism is as well as what journalism is. Um, on the one thing, on one hand, for one point, critics are not journalists. There is a broad definition of the term journalism that under it includes criticism, but there's a difference between the notion of journalistic reporting and criticism. That's one thing. Another thing is, even in the realm of journalistic reporting, you're you're operating under fundamentally a fundamental misapprehension of what reporting is. If you think there's any way that real reporting can exist 
when the people doing the reporting don't constantly develop connections and relationships with the people they're reporting on. That's where reporting comes from. This is a mis- this is a misunderstanding that I think right. you is can't, you can't- echoed when people cry foul at things like anonymous sources. That is what reporting is. If you want a world in which we don't have reporters making connections and you don't want anonymous sources who are protected by journalists – you want a world in which no good reporting happens. You want a world in which the only function of reporters You, you is, want a world where Nixon was a two-term president. Exactly. You want a world <laughs> in which the only things you're going to read on a website is, a, is effectively a press release. Like, that should be the thing you're worried about. Not that journalists are willing to get close to developers and vice versa. Like, what you want is journalists who are able to, despite operating in that world, can maintain within themselves a moral compass that is capable of like guiding their actions in a responsible way, which is why uh, <laughs> the Zoe Quinn thing was so especially insane because people like people started manufacturing um, these like timelines in which um, uh, Nathan Grayson of Kotaku and Zoe Quinn, like, you know, had whatever their relationship was and then secured positive Kotaku reviews from Nathan Grayson. That review doesn't exist. Like, has never been published on the internet because it there isn't one. He didn't write one. Yeah. Not only did he not write that review or any review of that game, he didn't write anything about that game after the events in question, which we don't need to go into again for the millionth fucking time because it's none of our goddamn business what two adults do in in in, in their own lives. Um, there's the <laughs> there's a pretty clear reason I think why people who work in similar or overlapping fields end up hanging out with each other sometimes it's because they relate to each other for the same reason that they got these jobs in the first place because they like and understand and care about the thing in question that's where the arrow points in that direction not the the other direction though is like cultural cachet yeah right power the vast wealth critic wealth and power that working in video game development or video game journalism is, is giving you access to like there, there was. There, yeah, I'm sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. This this whole issue ding, is ding, way ding, too fart-inducing to be able to to address without making a fart sound. It's just reality. Um, the thing that's especially egregious is misogyny and hate wrapped up inside of an argument about journalistic yeah, ethics. Absolutely, that is absolutely like disgusting and embarrassing. And I feel really bad for the teenager who is getting wrapped up in this on the internet from their bedroom, who's going to wake up one day as a man and go, whoops, yeah. like, dude, no. <laughs> like, like, and if you, if you are you, fucking wrong. If you want any, like, so eventually Phil Fish got wrapped up in this too because he was defending Zoe Quinn for completely understandable reasons. But if you want any, any evidence as to the, like, kind of disturbing... Uh, misogynistic trend that is underpinning this whole thing. Look at the fact that Nathan Grayson was accused of journalistic impropriety, but the developer was the one who took all the shit for it. The developer, as well as a guy who was defending that female developer. Like, I'm sure Patrick Klepik, or I'm sorry, I'm sure Nathan Patrick Klepik, Jesus. I'm sure Nathan well, Patrick gets this shit all the time too, I guess, because he also defends women who get fucking caught up in this shit. But like, the disproportionate level of like ire and like incredibly gross, tangible, like just 
fury and harassment is so disproportionate in this scale when you look at when it's applied to a woman versus when it's applied to a man, even if the accusations are almost identical in both cases. It 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 gets to the point of being like almost laughable in its insanity that except for the fact that it's just absolutely terrible. Yeah, except and that actual to lives are real lives. That, yeah. That uh, yeah, that it's not Nathan who's being accused of a breach of journalistic ethics, but is instead the I mean, he's being accused. The, he's just not even taking right, like, remotely the same the level amount of, of volume just for garbage. a breach of journalistic ethics aimed at the video game developer instead of the journalist is yeah, it's fucking insane. It's insane. It's, and let's remind everyone again: if you actually examine the facts, there is no breach of journalistic ethics here. Like, there was not actually any grievance in the first place. It was just a bunch of bitter, angry people, as far as I can tell. Um, so I don't want to get I don't want to get that confused. Sure, <laughs> if your business model I'm, is to I know, buy I know, I know you the want, amount yeah, of vitriol. I know that. If, I, your, I know. Like, if your business model is to coerce and manipulate your way to positive commentary, even about a game you're putting on Steam for free, right? That's another important. Then maybe, thing. Like, yeah, we're talking about thing, Depression like, Quest, a free game. Yeah, which has also been around. For ages now, right? Yeah, it's been out yeah, for it's, it's been out for a long time. Yeah, I mean, furthermore, like when it comes to the the journalism side of this entire just ouroboros of garbage, um, Stephen Tatillo came out on Nathan Grayson's side. They sat down, they talked about. He's it. the editor of Kotaku. Yeah, the editor of Kotaku. So if you if that's, out and if that's not a, and if that's not enough for you as a consumer, as a reader, then take your eyeballs elsewhere. Yeah. There are Absolutely. a lot, like, there are some wonderful reviewers uh, out there working. It, it, it like, won't stand because I don't agree with it. <laughs> well, well this is a really so good conversation when continue to be laden with here's sarcasm. The, here's, so, no, here's the, here's the actual response that is often given when, you, when someone says something like that. It is that it doesn't matter that I could read something else. This is having a cumulative effect that is going to promote games that I find, like, to be unfairly praised and will, in aggregate, damage or ruin like the kind of video games that i care about yeah, it's so f- because yeah. it's going to fool people into like buying or appreciating these non-games or these like these social justice kind of promoting games or whatever the fuck they're being accused yeah, of being. That- did you watch did you watch anita's latest video yeah. not yet it just came okay, out. okay yeah. yeah so it came out yesterday it's part two of women as i've heard this is like a good one though a really it's good one. incredible it's, it's absolutely incredible it is a in your face supercut of AAA games just ultra violence against women women like un, like not debatable <laughs> like not debatable and i walked away from the video and i think like here's the thing to appre- i think to appreciate anita's work completely you do kind of have to appreciate the history of critical studies and appreciate a bit of criticism and have read a lot of criticism because her, she makes very strong rhetorical arguments. She frames her entire like thesis cleanly and perfectly, and then walks you through not just the core of it, but out into the nuances and to its exceptions, um, and qualifies her statements. I think in a way that's incredibly like um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, thoughtful. Yeah, it's like a really amazing work. I think she does. Um, but I walked away from it, obviously, with all of those feelings, and then looked, saw the insane supercut of violence in my brain, 
and just sort of once I was over, just like, oh, God, that is really intense. And it's also more intense to seeing it from a third pers- party perspective as opposed to playing it. Because there, se- oh, there totally. was a couple scenes and like I played Red Dead out of all the games that she showed. I played Red Dead probably the most. I didn't really play too many of the other games. Um, and there's this there's a she brings up sort of uh, violence against women as populatable set pieces to make a game gritty and real. Right. So in it's a very it's a rock star trope big time. And it Absolutely, got kind of picked sure. up by Watch Dogs as well, where you're walking through a world and then <clears throat> there's a can cut scene, but it's triggered by AI and repeatable where like a guy throws a woman out of a out of a bar and is like bitch blah 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 and she's clearly a prostitute and then he's like give me my whatever and he's drunk or whatever and then if you just stand there and watch he'll kill her and run away it's like get that guy and then you don't whatever you just get on your horse and leave but that'll happen if you play the game for 40 hours you're gonna see that five or six times or whatever i you know so she's talking all about that and once i got away from well the first thing i was the first point i was gonna make is i remember seeing that and not feeling the same way I mean, I obviously felt terrible. Like, I felt like, ugh, when I saw it. But I just killed the guy really fast, you know? I was like, oh, fuck. I was going to kill that guy. Jesus Christ. Um, but then seeing it from the third from the third person, even though the game is a third-person game. But it's a completely different emotional feeling. Nevertheless, seeing all of that content in aggregate, also with sort of its homogenized and unified AAA style, which is to say no style. You know, it's sort of whatever the rock star style is, whatever the Ubi style is of realish, you know, right. All together. Expensive. And I, when I got over sort of the emotional feelings of all the work. I was able to just sit with it. I was like, it's so fucking boring. <laughs> like, it's so fucking boring. It's so like, again, just homogenous and cliche. And mm-hmm. you Absolutely. can see it's the inexperience of the author creating it. it always, just, yeah. This is the thing I pull off the shelf here. It always reminds it's, me of like, I always think of it in my brain and this is not a like carefully considered thing, right? So I'm not making an argument here, but the right. my brain always jumps to like Goodfellas Jr. Right. It's like I've seen like nineties kinda like yeah. gritty. Get your fucking shine box. This is right our shine box scene here, but right? Just like just the rote version of that. Exactly. You know, right. where it's just like Well it's anytime you're writing from you're writing f- it's like a, it's a distillation. It's a simulacrum of the thing because you saw it in, in these sort of things. Saw, yeah. It's like Mario Puzo goes to Martin Scorsese goes to like you know kid watching it who becomes developer whatever but uh the thing that i would say is like don't just don't be so afraid of a diverse industry your shit's not gonna go away don't you want to live in a world that's like a little less boring and the content's a little more surprising yeah like if anything like step aside from like step aside from the, the giant argument that should convince you of just being a decent human being and simply ask yourself, wow, all that content together is homogenous and fucking boring. Yeah. Also like, consider the notion that if the thing that – if it's your belief that the thing you love cannot bear up under like thoughtful and honest scrutiny, perhaps you don't value the thing about it that's worthwhile in the first place. Or the thing you love is shitty. Yeah. Or the thing you love <laughs> yeah. is shitty. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean that like every – game in a feminist frequency video is shitty i've met anita sarkees i don't know know her super well but i've met her a bunch of times and like she fucking loves games like she likes this shit a lot but that's totally different than being able to just than like being willing 
to just force yourself to dishonestly like swallow everything that is put in anything that you like just because you like generally the thing. Like I, it speaks highly of her that she's capable of playing this many. She plays a fucking lot of video games. <laughs> like it speaks highly of her that she's able to play this many video games, be interested in video games, think of them this thoughtfully and put up with all this shit. Like she doesn't have to put up with all this shit. Yeah. Like what? It's cr- Why would you do that if you didn't think what you were doing was genuinely valuable? Like what? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what people. I don't know it's, why this is so threatening to people. I really she, don't. She could put herself on the path towards a tenure track criticism teaching job at a myriad of high quality universities or a lecture, like, and not have to deal with any of your bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like she could do that tomorrow. Like it's it, the thing. Then like it occurs to me, and I don't know Anita like Zilch. Stood in a on the periphery of a conversation she was having with a friend once, but I was drunk, therefore I didn't want to say anything because I was like, I'm just <laughs> gonna say something really stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, what was I gonna say? It's it's just, it's hard for me, I guess, to put myself in the position of some like if a anybody who would like just sling hate at somebody for whatever insecurity or fun on the internet, but. It's like if ostensibly teenage heterosexual male, like just factually really smart woman interested in games, plays all the same games that you and has interesting things to say about them. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like if I was a 15 year old with a Twitter account, I would be ensorcelled by this. You know, I'd be like, it would boggle my mind that there was a girl out there who played the same games as me. And had interesting shit to say about them that I had never thought of before. It would yep. just bog and break my brain in half. And I guess it is breaking brains in half, just in a different just in way. A long way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It's weird. Like, uh, it's very strange. Hi, Jake. Hey. You're doing over there, bud. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, it is. It's really hard to know the volume of any of this, like, as far as, like, the volume of people in any hey, particular. Well, that's actually then my next point, right? Was this sort of like, Chris and I have been talking about this basically on and off for about a week now. And because we've been swirling in this Twitter feed pool of the worst violence in the like the yeah. worst violence the world has ever known happening right now in the Middle East and like the most intense social injustice of our generation happening here in our country plus this like petty nothingness <laughs> of our industry Bullshit, yeah. and it's all there in one like indis like indiscriminate list, right? Where and Chris brought it up as like your lock screen. Like I could open my lock screen right now and see, oh, it's my sister's birthday. Fuck you, social justice warrior, die. And then ISIS beheads James Foley in a fucking list yep. as it happens. Like we're not built for this. <laughs> like our human brains can't handle this shit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like it's we're emotionally incapable. We have no evolutionary experience to just discern and calm and compartmentalize and digest. And it's nuts. And it's been a really weird week to just be on the internet and also trying to make a creative product. It's been very challenging or two weeks or three weeks or whatever. Oof. Yeah. It's a weird time. It's and with that, time. <laughs> we're, we're killing the podcast. 
We're all disconnecting from the internet. We're done. Well, you know what? I'm sorry. We're going to landlock idle, idle thumbs. I want to landlock the studio. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I want to make one other quick point about, about the just like noise level. You said you don't know what the volume level of this is. Like, but just, just as like a point to throw out there, do you know what strata of this industry is the one that is 100% fully capable of ignoring all of this bullshit if they want to? It's the part that makes the AAA games. Oh, yeah. That's actually... Those people can just fucking get on their cloud fucking fortresses and just... Like, they don't give a... Like... Right. That's... If you're worried about those... Pe- like, those games being under attack somehow, you're crazy. Right. Because that's like... Those, those people are operating in such a different sphere. At least the management of those companies, certainly. Like... Right. Uh, you know, the developers... Like well, you can always else, ground like, one of their planes with a bomb threat, Chris. That's <laughs> You true. really get up. That's true. That happened, actually. I, I wasn't even thinking about so that. So if you don't know that story, the head of Sony Online, John, John Smedley, Smedley, who is for years taken ire from the bowels of the internet, had a bunch of children decide to ground his plane uh by calling it a bomb threat on twitter to american airlines because which is just games. one more like which i don't is, actually know enough about that story to know if there's a grievance or is I it don't, just i, I mean what did I, what did I describe i described sort of the so, so we were watching cnn you know like oh, right. we were watching yeah. cnn and they record they covered <laughs> the, the story but the, was the audio was off because we were in a coffee shop yeah the audio oh, was off and so you just see like like classic just wolf blitzer mm-hmm cartoon man and then woman like correspondent woman correspondent talking and it's like chris imagine that they are saying and that she they was have, like terrorism expert or something yeah imagine that they have no idea what they're talking about because they're don't they they're don't, talking they're about talking a 4chan controlled twitter account called lizard squad and you look at their tweets and i said it's like if dadaism was just invented to hurt people <laughs> like, it's just like crazy nonsense its only goal is to damage souls it's insane but like as underneath and as they were talking about this there's like tweets scrolling in the background and it was, what was the one you I pulled out it was, it was just so like, good it was just like lizard punch to your forehead son <laughs> like, what is this like oh yeah yeah as fucking beard face wolf blitzer is like seriously seriously talking about this threat like, this hacker consulting his terrorism Uh, yeah that stuff is the worst because you know what it actually is and he probably actually knows what it actually is smedley knows what it is he's been right like i don't care about this guy i don't know much about him b-roll of him walking through the phoenix airport and it just looked like a guy who's just like yeah here we go again right jesus 13 year old if wolf blitzer didn't know what was actually going on behind that twitter feed and then someone told him after that report he would just be like what Wolf Blitzer would go f- four seconds of making no face, and then ask for like right. Then just a, a Perrier walks away. <laughs> like, yeah. just not, God, like- John Smedley is fifteen years older than he was when all this shit started. But the people calling in his bomb threats are still fourteen. It's like that turn of phrase where it's like the creepy guy is yeah, like, right. I, I get older, but the girl stays the same. He's like, well, <laughs> I get older, but my terrorists stay the same. John Smedley is like <laughs> deep into middle age at this point, but he's still getting his <laughs> planes grounded by thirteen-year-olds. Still- oh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't actually understand what any people who do that sort of stuff actually want. Like I I don't it's, think it's like the think... Joker getting beat up by Batman in the Dark Knight. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that's true. I don't think everyone who like the people who or make they, they think they are. The least. people who make okay, that's true. The people Yeah, who, yeah because the, the actual the actual act of grounding a plane is like that is the super villain oh, but stupid oh, but stupid version level of of a giant pool that is the same general mindset like the same the same motivation launches some people off to ground a plane 
But it also launches some people to just tell Chris that his Beyonce image wasn't funny. Uh, yeah, that image was really funny. Okay. And but like, <laughs> I mean, okay. When this you is probably probably gonna be really of, speaking of the Batman thing, I didn't watch this because I can't bring myself to. But Sarah was telling me about this video where some one of these fucking guys was like declaring his manifesto and intercutting it with scenes of Bane from one of the Batman movies. Like, oh, the bad his, villain. <laughs> make his point. This like st- image of strength and like resolve or something like that you know how that movie ends right batman just punches him in the face like 10 times and that's it <laughs> that's how he beats bane it's really weird <sighs> but that's like the that is there's like this weird like fascist streak that i feel like underpins a lot of this because stuff. It's fucking weird if you live i don't know i feel like that's it's an intoc like being a so i was listening to this like um political gap fest which i listen to every week it's really the only other podcast i listen to not that i listen to this one but um <laughs> well, I don't. Why would I do that? <laughs> when I'm not on it, it's fun. But uh, uh, and plots. David plots. David plots was talking about um, Ferguson. It was just talking about um, let's keep all the Ferguson stuff aside. But just the act of protesting and being in like a really like I'm gonna say riotous protest, not a riot. And it's like it's amazing. It's intoxicating. It's an intoxicating feeling to be part of this group that this feels so like purposeful and an underdog. Cause if you weren't, um, if you weren't an underdog, you, you, weren't wouldn't, underdog, you wouldn't be protesting. You would just be, you know, although whatever. if you can convince yourself you're an underdog, cause that's why we have two, that's why like you get opposing groups pointing protest signs at each other. Exactly. Right. They can't both be the underdog. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's only worth bringing up in the, in the totally. thematic parallels. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, and I th- I do think there's something about that. Like there's something intoxicating yeah. to the, to that move to any movement, regardless of, of if you you vetted it through morality or reality, uh, and I think if you're 14 or 15 or 16 or so, if you're at any age and you feel completely disenfranchised, and you especially there's no nobody who feels less powerful than like a boy in his bedroom, <laughs> like at that age, like, especially, you know, you're not on the football, fucking, fucking football team. Um, and I think any, but I think a lot of people in our industry across the spectrum of political opinion can empathize with that feeling. I think that's a common, a common way of having grown up, but if like, imagine I was going to say to Jake about the airplane thing, like imagine you're that age and you're a part of some sort of thing on the internet and you have a, a dialogue and a shorthand and, a way of speaking with people who you've never met. And then you realize you have the power to bring down a fucking airplane. Sure. Like, you know, let's just say you have bad parents, which is probably an offensive thing to say, or like, whatever. You just don't have a fucking prism to look through this with. That is an intoxicating feeling. That must be the craziest high. And then the lowest low on the fucking FBI shows up, <laughs> but it must be an insane high. Yeah. To yeah, be yeah. like, I feel so strongly about Ultima online or whatever. And then, that's, there is a guy who's been inconvenienced and can't go see his family now because he's walking through 110 degree heat in that's, Phoenix. That's actually the I feel so strongly about Ultima Online is the part of it that bums me out the most. That like I understand because I was like this because most people, at least who are dorky kids in America, your identity gets tied up with a bunch of superficial stuff. But it makes me like genuinely bummed, like genuinely sad that there are this many people whose identity is so intrinsically tied not like to games but to games as like a commodity like a commercial enterprise as a product and not to games as a medium 
that or like the possibility of the game of what the games could be right but I, I, it's like your identity is entirely tied up into the system of games to the point that when a review is written that is not to your liking or when a review is written that is not entirely just telling you whether you should buy the game or not it has an agenda or like when right. a game comes out that does not fit inside of the mold of the thing that you think a game should be because that becomes an attack on your self-worth yep. like in a religious way like yep that's it's, in, it's just a, it's a commercial construct that yep. your identity is built here's around a, that then turns you into a crazy person and here's it just, another thing it's to distressing. keep in mind here's another thing to keep in mind everything is political because everything exists in the world like nothing is not political something is only something is only not political in the sense that it reinforces the existing accepted politics like that's the only way in which right. something right. can be not political well, also like, politics the, how political something is scales down based on its context and intimacy like two people having an emotional conversation about their personal lives still have the burden of politics but maybe isn't a political conversation like right. you nothing is like it's Oh, it's a really hard conversation to have <laughs> because it's complex ideas. Absolutely. Like you are a member, no matter with like no matter whether you like it or not, you are a member of a society. Like you are one of a bunch of people all trying to make their own way in a giant pool that's sloshing around. Like yeah, it it's was... always going to be everything is going to be political and you have agency, you have power in at some level. And you're always on one side of that fulcrum, always. And that's where, like, a lot of your raw emotions come from. I it's think. also, I mean, for sure. It seems like, I don't know, I, I, don't want to, I don't want to generalize, but the tendency to see any disagreement as an argument or as a need to be or right. Or conspiracy or something. Or as a, like, it's just, yeah, it, it's weird to not, like... The only reason that I am able to successfully exist as a person uh, is by saying, that's fine. I, I don't think that yep. you're right. One of the most valuable. <laughs> that is the cornerstone of Jake Rodkin's well, existence. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I mean there are times when it's like, no, fuck that. This will not stand. Like 12 hours ago. When we were- yeah. <laughs> that is the most Jake way to phrase that, though. Yeah. No, but <laughs> like, I mean, okay, that's that. Anyone who knows Jake has had a lot of arguments that end in that. Sorry. Fine, fine. Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> Feel and dot, 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 dot. Fuck you. <laughs> I don't actually think that sometimes. But just... <laughs> disagreement is acceptable. Like, it was It was a strange... This is, I, this is going all the way up to, like, capital AP American politics, but, like, my... My dad's, like, or I had these, like, some friends, neighbor kid friends growing up, and my parents were all friends with them as well. And it was, like, it wasn't until, like, at my grandfather's memorial service when my dad said the line, or my dad, my dad just said something about my grandpa, and it ended with, and he never voted Republican, which he thought was, like, just an uh, an amusing note uh, that he was also proud of. But then he then just said, oh, man, Phil's Republican. Like, this friend that he's had for, like, <laughs> 25 years as a Republican who was just and it's like that is that that relationship doesn't seem like it just exists or is allowed to exist in a conversation at this point about a lot of stuff and it's yeah. like yeah I don't know I don't know where I'm going with that but like I just it's a weird time I, I just want it to be okay to have a different opinion from someone else 
without it, yeah, without it being accused of being political content or it being bad or there's someone deciding to well, point out a bunch of inaccuracies, content, right? It's as opposed to it being. Like, I'm saying someone declaring it political because they disagree with it. Right, if, right, if I say something and you, uh, you hypothetical person, with, with agrees, the implication of which being political, but my stance isn't right, right. Like that's the implication. Yeah, of truth versus that's politics. Political. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah so. and that like. Like natural truth or it something. It just spins yeah. so crazily like that. Another important thing, I, and I know that this is a big ask of people and it took me a long time to get to this point. Would you but like, ju- oh, sorry. Gonna... <laughs> it's also kind of important to be able to say, I don't know if I'm right or wrong about this. Actually, we've been screaming at each other for a bit. I'm just going to stop making the argument and I'm not – maybe you are right. Maybe you're not. But like I need to actually stop and reflect on this for a second. Like that took me – a good chunk of my 20s to get to that point, honestly, to be able to, like, to just break out of my teenage, yeah, my teenage bullshit of just, like, always falling back on your heels and just be like, you know what? Like, I need to actually just fucking chill out. And, like, it's totally possible I've been looking at this completely wrong forever for, like, the whole day or for the last hour or for the last 10 years. Like, I don't know. Let me just stop and think about it for a second. And, like, maybe the act, there's another reality in which things are actually quite complex and, like, there isn't so much a right or wrong so much as there is a variety of different perspectives and the way that those perspectives like reflect things, you know, like that's, I know that's a big ask because, because I know it was for me also, but like, it's so, it's so important to be able to like, to function at all with people. It really is important. It's so important. It's a lot easier if you stop and go, this person and I are both people who like the same fucking marginal yeah. weird shit that right. most people don't like because right. i totally a side note yeah that's true. twitch got bought by amazon yesterday yeah and i'm reading the coverage in like real outlets like the new york times paper of record and they're like why the fuck would anybody buy a website where you watch people play games and for me i'm like <laughs> why wouldn't you why wouldn't great. You? are you fucking stupid it's a deal at 970 million that's a fucking steal are you joking me <laughs> Thanks, but like you are part of a fucking group that all understands that. Right. That all saw that news and all knew it the same like, way. Oh, and they could have a discussion about, like, I looked at some of the comments around the internet. Like, yeah. Google versus Fucking Amazon. Anita Sarkeesian and JonTron both don't think twice about that. Yeah. You guys feel right. the thought. Like, it's like, Jesus, just don't tell one of you to die and let's start there and Maybe. walk it back to being nice. Yeah. And you'll find that, like, it's all good. Maybe. Would it help if we just started referring to her as popular YouTuber Anita Sarkeesian? <laughs> <laughs> Like YouTube personality, <laughs> like yeah, just started like <laughs> yeah, YouTube YouTubers such as Anita Sarkeesian and Total Biscuit were both you know both bullish on the Twitch a- acquisition because <laughs> that's how they would be reported by the New York Times, probably at least in that context. Right. Yeah. I mean, at the thing that's that so embarrassing context. is when you kind of go like you pop out of the, the all the the insularness of it. And you see it reported in another outlet. The insularity is what causes the problem, though. That's yeah, like when what, you see it, that's rep- what allows these, the like, thing that's really these people to depressing. band up in these groups and yeah. crusade for this like thing that to them is everything. Like it's everything. It's this all-consuming cultural construct that needs right. to be protected. Like I see some of the, like popular YouTuber clips that are like just only exist to take to take a need it down, basically. And my first thought is, and maybe it's just because I'm wildly insecure, is like, holy fuck, I would not want that to end up on CNN if I were that guy. Yeah. Like, that's going to fuck up your life, dude. <laughs> like, with people who don't give a fuck about video games, with people who don't know who Anita is, with people who don't know about any of this shit, like, don't put that on the internet because you just, you don't say these types of things about no- another 
human being. You just don't do this. It's insane. Ugh. Anyway. You want to take a break? <laughs> I have to because my whole body is I know, wet. I know. <laughs> I got anger sweats. I've also, honestly, I'm not even angry. I have like, I have like emotions. It's not an, yeah. I've just been stressed. Like, I, this is why I can't even imagine what it must be like to be like Zoe or Anita or someone right now. It's because I've spent. Well, you're the, also a man. Exactly. Well, that's a big. <laughs> yeah. That's a Let's big start part there. of it. That's the <laughs> so not single, only you can you not you will never and never have exactly and never will be able to. totally true. <laughs> and despite that, I still have had like an elevated heart rate for the past week. Because I just keep getting people caught. Uh, when, you, when you were sending, like, me, when you were sending me tweets at two fifteen in the morning when I was still here about like this guy just replied to me on Twitter. Like I'm not times, surprised by this. I know, this I know, now. I know. I, know, but just, I guarantee like, you, when they were popping I'm, up, you were having an emotional spike, right inside. Yeah, you were definitely well, feeling. Because they're something. also contacting me on Steam. Like people just find any way they could to contact me so they can give me shit about this stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I'm God, like, what if somebody came to the I'm office? like, Christ, this has just been happening to me for a for like. Yeah, this has been happening to me for a week now. What if this was just every day of my life and it was people being way more fucking terrifying than they're being doing? Right, and talking about assaulting you in a way that yes. has not been invented for your gender. Right. Like, it doesn't exist in a way that it would have to, like, aliens would have to come and be able to, like, ensconce man in a way that is unthinkable for our brains. Right, because and of then the do generations things and generations that have of- never been done in a billion years. Like that's what would have to happen for those threats to impact the same way. It's inc- it's yeah. You, you, you would also have to warp <laughs> thousands of years into the future when that is now a codified norm. So right. It's just you're just not happening. Right. Right. Where there was never a time when it didn't happen. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like Battlefield Earth, really. If you think about it. <laughs> totally. That was a joke. I saw Battlefield Earth in the theater when I was fifteen. I thought it was bad. It's also Scientology. Anyway, you guys want to take a break? <laughs> So now we've had that, refre- that palate cleansing sorbet of, of of elevator music discussion. Oh, of elevator. Speaking music. of things that cleanse your palate, Jake. <gasps> what if I said I could do the opposite? <laughs> what if I said I could rock that palate? I don't know if that would be intriguing, but I know what you're talking about, and it is delicious. <laughs> I'm talking about chili Thai pretzel whatever squares from Nature Box <laughs> that we got sent in the mail. <laughs> that were so good, and I ate them. Uh, I ate them not in concordance with the Nature Box credo. I ate them like I was. You just di- slammed them. Yeah, I slammed them. Yeah, I didn't eat them. I slammed them. Yeah, slammed them like a dying man <laughs> in the woods. A dying man box. whose only salvation lies in like Thai chili pretzels. Yes. Yeah. So um, we like to thank Nature Box this week for sponsoring the ep- the episode. Uh, if you don't know what Nature Box is, it's a like snack subscription service that will send delicious. Uh, smart snacking treats right to your home or office. But what if it was 100% There's a way off? more intriguing and enticing deal now, uh, which is that you get kind of a nature box sampler. Uh, yeah. If you... You get one full-size <clears throat> treat and then some samples of other stuff in exactly. a box. In a, in, right. a, in a nature box sample box. Right. If you go to naturebox.com, use the promo code THUMBS, uh, you, this deal will be unlocked for you. It's so if free. you've been on the fence about nature box... Uh, and I you think want it's some like free snacks. Yeah, I think there's like shipping. Yeah, there's like a minor shipping sh- surcharge, but like other than that, you're getting just a full-on free small nature box sampler, so you can see what this is all about. Yeah, so you, can, you eat them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did get those. Box. We did get those pineapples again in the most recent oh, box, yes. and I cannot mention it because yes. they're delicious. Those went 
instantly. They went like that. Yeah, everybody had everybody just kept rotating through the kitchen and they were they were gone. Anyway, so it's- NatureBox. Naturebox.com slash thumbs for a free NatureBox sampler. And we'd also like to thank our sponsor, Squarespace. Square Spache. That's their that's how they go. That's that's what they go by in, in Italian. That's completely correct, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um you've really done your 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 background. But uh yeah, Squarespace is a online SPQR is actually a an abbreviation of Squarespace. I think all those letters are in Squarespace. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. We talk about Italian. It's like a word jumble. SPQR. Oh, I see where you're. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was yeah, that yeah. went right over my head. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, Squarespace is an, like an all-in-one web publishing platform. You can put a website, a blog, a store, a portfolio. Portfolios look extra super nice um, on their platform. It's just a clean and easy-to-use uh, web publishing backend. Uh, you can get your URL there. You can get email there. You can do an online store. It's pretty great. It's a nice one-stop shop. It's one of those things that if you're not into web development, but you obviously need to have a website, it's you can just make the choice and not have to think that you didn't, oh, was there a better place to do this? Or, you know, would this look nicer if? It's like, no, it's going to be formatted for mobile, and it's going to be formatted for every device that can find your website, and you will be happy with it. Works on SegaNet. Uh, here's <laughs> another example of a reader's Squarespace site. Sam Rosie. uh has launched craftcarolina.com using uh, the Idle Thumbs Squarespace uh, deal. Uh, he says the craft beer site covering the Carolinas and also working on a brewery slash bottle shop and bar database as well. It's awesome. I was amazed at how well and how quick it is to work with Squarespace. Cool. So, so yeah, you can start your free trial um, with no credit card uh, at squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the promo code THUMBS to get 10% off your first purchase and support the show. So thank you, Squarespace. Thank you, readers. Let's move on. What's Back next? This wacky episode. <laughs> what is next? I'll tell you what's next. <gasps> I've been so fucking downtrod and just in the swirling pit of internet bullshit that I needed to enter a virtual world last week. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you were with me. We went hand in hand. Which, what do you... When we went to the Oculus office? <laughs> oh! Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was cool. You were, it, you were into that. You were into that in a way that I would not have expected. Same. I was not expecting it either. That's why I was so into it. If I, like, when you think you're going to like something in life, and you're like, I expect to like this, and like a good movie. Like, if you went and saw uh, the new P.T. Anderson film, does he have one coming out? I'm sure he does. There's always one in the hopper. Yeah, he has a, an adaptation of, uh, of a pension novel coming out, uh, oh. Inherent Vice. So you're going to love that movie. Yeah. There's a very small chance that you're going to walk out and go, Pah. Yeah. So you're going to walk out even when you love it and go, yep. But some, for me, if I go to see a movie that I don't think I'm going to like, like Cabin in the Woods is a good example. Great. Then I walk out I'm like, oh my God. Like I'm just so thankful that the experience was me, that didn't meet my expectations. It just created new ones. It was awesome. But yeah, uh, I'm like a full Oculus guy now. I'm in it. So you want to talk about what you played that made that happen? No. (laughs) Just get (laughs) it. Thought I'd just leave it at that. Just get a Nick Breck in it. It was good. Yeah, it's good. Good Oculus. It was good. It goes on your head. You played with the development kit too, right? I played with the new one, yeah. Every time I... I, It took me so long to realize that that was development kit 2 and not donkey kong 2 you played the donkey kong jr demo in vr tweets about like dk2 and i'm like is is that an is this like a new hip brand you really thing thought of, like, that was the, true 
That's that you, I didn't you can think about that? I didn't pre-order think my DK2. I would just see people refer to DK2 with no context. Did I you understand. you guys okay. And that's a, that's such a modern reboot thing, right? Is to like just have the acronym in like big letters and then not the Were you like, were you uh, neither of you were Nintendo Power subscribers? No. Were you sent the VHS cassette that absolutely told was the history of Donkey Kong Country? Absolutely was for Donkey Kong Country when that was <laughs> okay. So yeah, DK two is actually just the new viral marketing. It's like the modern equivalent of yeah. sending kids a VHS cassette. Yeah, uh, that, that I got has, the N sixty four. Except now one. it's just a hashtag. I got the N sixty four one and the DK the, and the Donkey Kong Country and one. DK two reveal. I watched the N sixty four one. Till it broke. Because I remember <laughs> it's crazy because I remember the N64 came out way before Christmas, but it was the hot item that Christmas. I had I obviously got that thing, watched Mario run around in 3D for the first time ever. It had uh, Super Mario, it had, um, oh, sorry, Mario 64 on it. It had um, Wave, Wave, Race, Wave Race and it had Shadows of the Empire on it. Are you talking about a VHS? Oh, yes. yes. Nintendo would just send you a VHS tape. Fuck. Man, sorry. That's like, I still think I'm a young man. And then I said the sentence, Nintendo sent me a VHS tape. <laughs> and I went, and I did, like, I saw myself drinking with the wrong grail. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, and anyway. I remember just being, like, I remember, I remember going and like, getting my little sister, who at that stage was so young, she didn't know anything, right. and being like, well, you have to watch this. Like, this is important. <laughs> This piece of marketing that I've been sent. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I watched it a hundred times probably. I, I didn't get the N64 one, and I only got the Donkey Kong one, but I canceled my Nintendo Power subscription because I thought it would be a cool idea to get GamePro, and then I heard they sent out a VHS cassette about Yoshi's <laughs> Island, and I lost my mind, so I found a video store that had it and rented oh, it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you paid to rent marketing. I think they'd let you, I think it was a free rental. I think that they just, oh, okay. like, I think Nintendo gave them a couple copies <laughs> so that desperate kids like me could go and take the Yoshi's Island uh, video feature at VHS. Oh, home They're only like 20 it. minutes, maybe yeah. 15, they're really short. But yeah. I watched it five times and brought it back to the store. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That's really funny. Um, where was I going with that? Uh, oh, you were going nowhere with that because that had nothing to do with <laughs> oh, Doculus Rift. <laughs> Did you play the new Donkey Kong Doculus, uh, Doculus, Doculus, Doculus Rift? Doculus Rift. What's funny is in five years when they do re-reboot Donkey <laughs> Kong and Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong has a 3D headset on. Yeah, it'll be called a Donculus Rift. It'll be called a Donculus Given Rift. how Nintendo's like no! um, English language American marketing or like a uh, localization like they always seem like they're a little bit cheeky especially in the like yeah. the last 10 well, years especially so. in like anything that has a luigi in it exactly yeah, right. uh-huh. they play anything off, they play like, to yeah. their to that miss yeah. yeah anything off the main branch right of right. like super mario galaxy branch like anything it's, off of that we're out in the weeds now but it's fucking funny to me that mega brands that have uh like main character iconography in the middle mickey mario like that guy you don't fuck around with him. Right. You don't you don't joke in front of him. Right. You don't make any sort of cheeky comments about right. anything. Everyone just agrees. It's like just has fun. To... We're having a good time. Yep. We're the angry dad at Disneyland. We yep. are here. We are it's, having fun. We're the fun. angry dad at Disneyland where those characters, everyone agrees they're hilarious in the way that they're supposed to be hilarious. And no other way. No one will question that. But then it's like their friends, like, all of their, like their, their ensemble is so like... So like wound up around Mickey or Mario <laughs> that when they go and get their own thing, they're just like weird jokes. <laughs> like holy fuck! <laughs> like like oh god, we gotta get out our whacking. You know what I mean? It feels yeah. like yeah. Luigi's Mansion just feels like a really anxious response to being around Mario, who's really fucking. <laughs> well, it's like the whole year intense. of Luigi was just like 
Yeah. Luigi just goes, bah! Uh! <laughs> and then Mario fucking comes home at the end of that. Is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but like, there is like weird, like sort of pervy jokes in that in um the Dark Moon, Luigi's Moon. What is that game I played that I loved? Luigi's Mansion, Dark Moon. Yeah. There's weird sort of cheeky like. Wouldn't want to get caught with one of those around your block. You know what I mean? Like, not like that, but like. <laughs> God, then Luigi hears the creak of the floorboard upstairs and everyone stops. <laughs> you didn't say Mario was home. Oh, that's why I wish Bugs Bunny actually was still like a relevant character and wasn't just like on a t shirt at Walmart or whatever right. on Mudflats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like the one. <laughs> Bugs Bunny at this point is basically just a big dog. Like. He's sorry, like the big dog t-shirt like, big dog, yeah, not the big dog like, robot. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, not Boston Dynamics, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was, I was like, about- I looked over to the photo of the big dog on the wall, <laughs> and back to you, and then Look, back Bugs to the Bunny photo, and I went, I'm missing Dynamics big dog. He's basically a military kill droid. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, yeah, no. What Bugs- I meant was, Bugs Bunny, like, tonally, in terms of how he is actually marketed on products that people buy, He's basically well, it's like the, no fear. He's like big, a no, he's like fear, a no fear big dog's dog, which is so disappointing because I feel like that era of of cartoon set itself apart from Mickey in that like they were all cheap. nothing was sacred was, in that. It's yeah, just like, every whatever. character there was no yep. sort of like no this is our this is our main this is our president basically. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. What were we talking about? Oculus Your experiences <laughs> inside of a virtual world. And Bugs Bunny I was about being to start on a mud the West Wing after I said president because I was going to compare, <laughs> I was going to compare President Bartlett to Mickey Mouse. <laughs> um, God. Also, if you ever want to see something kind of just like sad and depressing that will remind you of the '90s in a bad way, search for the ongoing Big Dogs like T-shirt headquarters website because they still sell yeah, yeah, like yeah. hundreds of horrible Big Dogs shirts that are just. And I was Google. What if Google fucked up and bought them instead? <laughs> like they call they call legal and they're like we're buying big do- like we're buying this big dog thing like some guy who's just annoyed that yeah. like they're doing it it's like yeah. We're buying- yeah so Boston Dynamics I think we should really put in an offer the big dog company yes that's that's one of their products make an offer on the yes buy this big dog company and then just <laughs> all the way to the bottom <laughs> yeah and they buy the t-shirt company that'd be really disappointing for those MIT folks there would be a really <laughs> awful picture of like of of a do- like a cartoon dog wearing a like vr little eyeglass thing saying like who's the glass hole with his arms folded that's what would result from google buying the big dogs t-shirt company they would i want that <laughs> shit so bad now not to wear but to just see out a really annoying not guy. To <laughs> it's good yeah <laughs> so the oculus is really good the dk2 yeah, you're really not going to talk about any games. That no, I will absolutely. Yeah, so we played uh, the Alien Isolation demo that I think uh, Chris Kohler at Wired played. So I feel like we're okay to talk about it. I googled it, but it's really remarkable. It's a first person. I mean, Alien. You've seen trailers for Alien Isolation, so you know what it is. It's like I'm in the movie Alien, and there are aliens, and they will kill you, and you hide. Well, there's Alien. There's Alien. You're, that's true. There's an isolated alien. There's an isolated alien isolated. who will yes. who will isolate your organs from your body <laughs> if he finds you. Um, so that's that game though. It's it's, but it's we, like a dual stick. It's a waz mm-hmm. mouse look. So I played was, with a 360. Was, so it was a walk around Oculus game, mm-hmm. which are the games that people usually are not super into on Oculus. So good. You so, liked it. Okay. Yeah. Really well made and tuned. Um, so you left stick does 
Chris, you got to help me out because it's I one mean, of those things where the controls so, just felt so right to me. Yeah, so that I didn't was, make I a mental map, but I know the left stick up and down does nothing. Or yeah. the right stick up and down. There, there's sorry. no up and down at all. So the, the you, right you stick only up and down look, does nothing. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You you left stick, you just move on the floor and yeah, 2D, left stick 2D is locomotion. Axis, like you do yeah. Forward, you know, in, in any other game. Yeah. yeah, and then the right stick. It's just a 360 degrees left, right. There's no up and there's no like vertical component at all. You look up and down simply by looking up and down with your head, and you can look anywhere with your head that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, you have full full vision with so that. So basically, then, your head is the equivalent of like your your head in the Oculus Rift is the equivalent of moving your neck around on your body, and then the right, right stick is actually where, moving your like doesn't affect the hips where you down. Move. Like the right yeah. stick moves your feet, moves <clears throat> yeah. your legs. Exactly. So and then the your right, neck is actually your neck, yeah. and the fact that you can look up and down. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're the where you look is totally de- is like not totally decoupled, but it's like the stuff that you do with your own head is like completely additive to what you're doing as you move around. It's not like overtaking the direction you're. So walking like in. if you're moving forward and then you look to the right, your guy isn't going to start looking to the right. For instance, your guy he's, not, look- he's not going to start moving to the correct. Right. You'll look to the right, but you'll okay, keep moving that, the direction you're moving. That combination is, I think, where the barfiness starts coming in in some of this stuff. Because, like in a first-person yeah. shooter with a mouse, when you move the mouse to the right, your actual walk direction starts right. moving. Yeah, unless no, it's, it's, it's a control it's scheme Z, that definitely like feels like it had to come online because of the nature of the design of the game. Like, yeah, for sure. If an alien is fucking behind you, <laughs> you gotta go away from it, but you want to look over your shoulder. Yeah, which is incredible. Which you can do in a regular first-person shooter by just. Like synchronizing opposite directions on yeah. your right. two that's like, hands, you but get, like you get that, into the instinct of that where you flip the right. mouse around and then you start right. pressing but, backwards instead of exactly. forwards. But there's something kind of inherently artificial about that that I would not want to just lose from games in general because in some games that will feel more natural if the point of the game is to constantly be going really fast and be fluid. But in a game like this, where the point of it is that like something could be around any corner, there's something really like powerful about darting your head. To just the right, yeah, around the corner. Seeing, yeah. But like <clears throat> the thing that I find so amazing about it is that like I don't really like so this is a I know this is not a popular opinion, but I don't like games with a lot of mechanics. Like I like Dishonored way more in my brain than I like it when I'm actually playing it because I have to switch between all this shit and do all this stuff. And I know that's like not a like not a common opinion. Uh, Seems like a political opinion. Well, it is a little bit. Um, I'm at Vanaman on Twitter. Please just unload. <laughs> uh, but it because it's so all encompassing uh, and movement and observation is so satisfying, like totally satisfying, that it feels like the like, the burden of a suite of mechanics becomes way smaller, and it does just for me in my brain open up the door of I can just go like I would like I don't like games that are thrill rides either right that have no mechanics and are just these thrill rides but if they're tailor-made for this experience like it seems like it'd be pretty good because it's a go experience this this thing that's either fantastical or I want to just point out that you claim not to like games with a lot of mechanics but the games you've played like the most of in the last year are Dota 2 and DayZ well I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Cool. I love, I, think, <laughs> I, love games, I love games with a lot of games. Right. I'm just I think saying you like you like mechanics heavy multiplayer experiences, but I think when you're playing yeah. a single player thing where you're supposed to go from the start of it to the end of it, if I'm a, yeah, if I'm yeah, yeah that's totally that's fair. exactly right. Uh-huh. If it's multiplayer, sure. just lay it on whatever, because mm-hmm. um, I want to keep learning in accordance with like you interacting with other people. Um, I actually talked about this somewhere recently. Oh, I talked about the fucking Campo Santo quarterly review, um, but doesn't matter. 
yeah, I think it just a a game like so we talked about Jurassic Park game Chris and I did while we were walking to coffee for another reason and a game that was set in Jurassic Park with a very limited mechanic set of just explore hide get away which is basically the entire story of Jurassic Park 1 would be amazing like it's okay it's like a cutscene where you're just sitting there watching this thing chase you and like interacting with the people around you or interacting with the objects around you would just be totally satisfying yeah. in a really I don't know, for me at least. Yeah. It was I mean awesome. that's yeah, totally. Like that's why there's that's that's one of the reasons I think it's less useful to be like, I like games with a lot of mechanics, or I don't like games with a lot of mechanics, or whatever. And more just I like when a game maps the things that you can do to what the game is actually right. about or supposed to be about. And obviously there's a lot of wiggle room in there, right? Like I think that stuff in Dishonored works well when I'm playing. Like I like how it works in Dishonored. Yeah, I can yeah, understand yeah. where you're coming from too, obviously. But, like, generally speaking, some games, it just does make more sense to not be able to do as many things, and some games, the opposite is yeah, true, yeah. Just I mean, I guess based on is, fundamentally what's happening yeah. in the game. Like, you, you know, that like game design in that way is not one-size-fits-all. Like, I think, well I, well, I just want to make clear that I think Dishonored's a great game. No, no, I know, I know. I just, when it comes to, if it's like, if I'm choosing off the shelf between Half-Life 2 and Dishonored, Half-Life 2, which has far fewer sure. mechanics, I just, I like that type of experience better, generally, depending on its execution. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we were talking, I can't remember who I was talking to there, but like, somebody brought up Sleep No More, and we've talked about Sleep No More on the podcast. It's basically a really expensive live theater thing in New York where you go into a space and there's a bunch of actors playing sort of a nouveau modern version of Macbeth and you can interact with that world and open drawers and find artifacts and talk to people. And it just felt like I'm really excited for somebody to just throw down $20 million and make a experience like that with this, with the Oculus playing alien isolation. I saw the jump between, okay, I no longer get sick. I think the mechanics are really, I think the controls are really intuitive so now just give me that. Give me the first hour and a half of Bioshock Infinite where I'm just experiencing this beautiful place and exploring with living people. God, you know what that reminds me of? And I I, I don't have like insider knowledge about the plot of this game or anything, but there's a game that is being made by uh, like a bunch of people I worked with at Irrational. Oh, is this um, the uh, Day for Night guys? Yes, Day yeah. for Night Games is a new studio founded by like Rob Waters, who is an co-founded by a bunch of people, including Rob Waters, who is a brilliant, brilliant concept artist who worked on every irrational game and like uh, looking, uh, looking, worked on looking glass games and so on and so on. And he and like Joe Fielder, who was one of the writers on uh, and a producer on Bioshock Infinite and just a bunch of other really cool people who uh, worked at irrational are making a game. And I can't have they announced the like name of this game. Does it, do you guys remember at all? Um, I just there's a, there's like an arcade cabinet in it they called must have a name Lair for of the Space Minotaur. Um, and the reason I'm bringing it up is because the screenshots they've released just like paint this crazy picture to me of being able to like walk around in a really evocative kind of su- somewhat surreal environment. Glove? Oh, it is, it called, is called, the, called the Black Glove. It is Glove. called the Black Glove. Yes. Okay. So there is a game that is in development right now called The Black Glove by Day for Night Games, and they released some screenshots just this week, like on Monday, I think, um, and it just looks 
it's cl- it's obvious that it's from people who worked on a Bioshock <clears throat> game before because it shares a lot of just sort of tone space like the visually. visual design. You can yeah, tell, that, you can tell sure. that people who created a lot of the look of those games are making this game. Yeah. Uh, but oh, they're going to do a Kickstarter. Yeah, they are. They are planning a Kickstarter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so look out for that. But uh, again, I don't know what this game, what you actually do in this game or what the plot is or anything. Um, I just know that seeing the, uh, um, the screens, the screenshots, like Sean, when you talk about wanting someone to make like sort of a high fidelity, uh, like video game, um, uh, what is the thing you just mentioned? Christ, I can't even, Oh, sleep no more, sleep no more experience. Yeah. For some reason, these the screenshots that these that these people released for this game really remind me of that, and I don't. But I don't know if it's accurate. I don't know if it's like it's, it's what the weird, game actually it's a is. Weird, it's very like take this with a grain of salt. But that conversation coming off of playing Alien Isolation over there was the first time in years where I've been like, I wish I could make a really fucking expensive game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah, like it would be expensive to put to have you know fifty people, fifty animated voiced like real responding humans in the game even it'd be expensive to five but i was like man i want to make an expensive game now yeah (laughs) like a really fucking expensive game (laughs) yeah um but no i'm a total i'm total believer in that i have nothing to talk about but it's evergreen and i will talk about it next week it's a board game and it's very good oh yeah you don't want to talk about that now that's fine no we can talk about next week um i'm gonna quickly mention invisible ink which is the most recent clay free-to-play or not free-to-play uh, early access game sorry oh um, invisible incorporated yes invisible. okay that's sorry that's i think that's the joke yeah sorry um, I, I just thought of like lemon juice on a paper like right. or whatever <laughs> like yeah. however yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah um it this is a a really cool game it Good seems done. cool so far <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing i thought when i loaded it up was oh it's an it's an XCOM because it has a kind of real-time or pseudo real-time strategic layer that ticks along and then you jump into tactical missions um at, you know from points on a world map which obviously that's that's super XCOM that's really XCOM but uh but the actual battle the actual combat missions themselves are not combat missions they're like infiltration missions um and as far as i can tell it's always just two operatives like i don't think you collect like an ever growing team like you do in XCOM or something like that. Um, and it is because it's infiltration, it just feels totally different than to something like XCOM. Like the missions are randomly generated as well. I mean, yeah, so there's, in, there's in ran- yeah, there's, I don't know like the full extent of the random generation, <laughs> but there's definitely, yes, the missions are definitely randomly there's, generated. I'm glad that you like this game because I want to, it's like yeah. sitting there on my, like, Oh, I'm going to get this and experience and the like, oh, guy, this seems like it's for me. Yeah. So it is. And I like the fact that he's like, I get kind of exhausted at XCOM. I love XCOM too, but like, I get exhausted of like, Mm -hmm. oh, I just got to go kill the guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this, yeah, you cannot operate that. You can't operate this way here. You have a a stun weapon that will knock out an enemy, but they're only out for two turns. So even then, even if you knock out an enemy, you have to pretty much immediately start planning how to not be near them when they wake up again, unless you want to just go through that again. And your weapon has a cooldown, you know, of several turns. Um, if you get shot once, you die. Like a character takes a shot, they're dead. Mm-hmm. They can be revived by another character with a med kit, 
but is it, that's a huge pain in the ass. Is you know? it anything like Hitman Go in that sense of like, I just um, have to like yeah, figure out a way to, to like, oh, so I took the Hitman Go mechanics and really fleshed them out. Yeah, it's, it is I mean, not. Hitman Go is so. Yeah, it is not as elemental and as disposable as Hitman Go. Like in Hitman Go, you're like, I'll try something. Oops, I fucked up. I'll just start <laughs> yeah, again right like now. The super meat boy of, of yeah. turn-based strategy or whatever. <laughs> <Right>? yeah. <laughs> um, this game's not like that. Like you definitely get more invested in a run because it's a big deal to fuck up. More it's not a big deal at all to fuck up in Hitman More Go. long-term no intricate deal. strategy right. uh, inside of – inside of or planning inside of one yeah, play session. Yeah, although reactive as well, right? Because right, you, don't yeah. you don't know like where the enemies are going to be. But, and there are room the, for – there's room for mistakes of like, oh, fuck, I should have mm-hmm. sent this guy this way. Let's just correct this. Everything's yeah, cool. Uh-huh. Okay. There's room for that. It's hard though. Um, it's really hard. And I imagine part of that is deliberate because this game is in early access. I would imagine – and I don't know, but I would imagine that they're trying to feel out the limits of – like the challenge, like it's probably better if you're making an early access game like this. It's probably better to yeah, start on that side of things rather than start with something that's just going to be a pushover. I think that's what they did with Don't get, Starve as well. Is when Don't Starve first came out, they were like, "This game is just fucking impossible because if you can best it, one good, you like interesting feedback, but two, there's just not a lot of new content past the stuff that's in the very early stuff." So mm-hmm. I think they want to just right. like, like this game would be pointless. Invisible Ink would be totally pointless if you could just march through all the missions. Like, mm-hmm. there'd be no point to it. Like, they're still working well, on it. it it's and- hard to make a free-to-play... Not free-to-play, sorry. It's hard to make an early access game that's just, like, digest all the content. You know, like, yeah. you get through all the content, you're like, okay, now what? It's yeah, like, totally. it's just a yeah. model so that they make really that fit. climb... <clears throat> it's, it's like 20 bucks, right? 10? Yeah, it's, it's somewhere in that it's neighborhood. That, it's, it's like, it's in that, those, yeah, it's yeah, in that neighborhood. Okay. And, uh, in the cool Steam range. Maybe yeah. $17.99, I can't remember. Um, $11.99? It's $100. It's, uh... But yeah, I, I actually thirteen dollars thirty or thirty seven cents. I actually picked this up a little while ago and just didn't have it in just my down. Like I just hadn't actually downloaded and played mm-hmm. it until like two days ago. So I don't I, uh, like I forget why, but I think I actually probably just wanted something to talk about on the podcast. So I downloaded it and it's actually cool. It's actually really cool. I like it a lot. Nice. Yeah. You're gonna play more. You're gonna beat it. I don't think I'm gonna beat it in its current state. <laughs> I'm I just know. I'm I'm assuming that, but I am gonna play more of it. Yes. Cool. That's I think cool. we actually kind of have to cut and run we've been recording this episode in parts surrounding it's actually over two days surrounding <laughs> yeah. ourselves yeah. like trying to get ourselves prepped for packs but one reminder again if you're going to going to be at penny arcade expo this weekend we're doing a live episode of idle thumbs on sunday at 11 30 in the sphinx in the sphinx, sphinx theater. theater um also i'll be there you'll be there Chris, Chris will be there. Chris will be there. Danielle, Danielle will be, be there. there. Nick fucking Brecken. Nick fucking Brecken will be there. I guess, right? Is he going? I mean, I don't know. Like, I just assume <laughs> he'll be the there. They're on the list. They've all said they're going. We've all, right. all said we're going. Okay. You'll be there. Worst case, we can all scream congrats, Nick, uh, or hey, Danielle, at the top of our lungs, or one of us will be sick or dead, and it'll be it'll be interesting. But um, also, Sunday night, um, we're participating in the uh, Devs and Bevs event at the Hard Rock. So, uh, Hard Rock Seattle, it's just in the same area. If you want to go hang out between what times? Is it like... It's 7 to 11? 6 to 11? 6 to 10. I think it's still 11. I think it's... it's oh. So, it's, okay. six goes till so it's, the on, it's on Double Fine's website. It's on the Campo Santo website. It's on the Cappy website. It's on, on the, the Idle Choice Thumbs website. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. On all these websites. Well, so I'm, it's either 6 or 7 till 10 or 11. Yeah, so but, um, there, but it's it's and it's free and you don't ten guaranteed. You don't have to be a PAX attendee to go. Yeah, so, free open. Yeah, just come. If for yeah. some reason, like there's probably there's a lot of reasons to not want to go to PAX, and I we appreciate those. If you want to so come, come hang out, out with, with us, us for some reason, uh, you can. Also, Harmonix is going to be there. Cappy is going to be there. Choice Double Fine is going to be there. Choice Provisions, which is the Bit Trip guys, uh, and just a bunch of people enjoying hanging out and looking at 
each other, I guess, and maybe some games. Brad Muir and I will be in the corner talking Dota strategy because <laughs> we're two and zero in our tournament. We're actually four and zero. Have not lost a game. Pretty good. Yeah, you guys are cleaning <clears throat> up. We're gonna lose the next. Or we're gonna lose next. Who are you playing next? Uh, this, this guy's called um, P PKB. I think is who we're playing. They're from Montreal, and I think they're good. Yeah, if you have reader mail, write us questions at idlethumbs.net. Or bring it. Or bring live. it. Live. I don't think we're going to be able to stream the Idle Thumbs episode, but we're definitely recording it, so that's going to be next week's episode. Yep. Uh, see you guys then. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to this week's Idle Thumbs. Rate us highly on iTunes. <laughs> wow. Tweet us at Idle Thumbs. That was a, that was a little <laughs> modification. Rate there. us highly on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> It really helps the podcast if you review us in, at any score. And we're on SoundCloud <laughs> at soundcloud.com slash the slash Idle Thumbs Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, SoundCloud. Whatever. Yeah. See you guys in a minute. Bye. Video games. Hope there's some won. asshole who gives a shit about something. Yeah, you. You'll be that Soziale guy waiting for... Oh, stop it. What are you doing? Soziale Gerechtigkeit Krieger. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what that is. That's Google Translate saying social justice warrior in German. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so much cooler. And it already sounds cool. But now it sounds way fun. Krieger! <laughs> so good. Beautiful language. <laughs>